Hello and welcome to the first ever Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am today's host, Stuart Butler. You can find me on the web on Twitter at Stuart Butler, S-T-U-A-R-T-B-U-T-L-E-R. And I'm joined today with uh, two of my fellow Fuelagans. Uh, first is Misha Bakikio. Hello, world. <laughs> Where can they find you on the web? You can find me at Marketing Misha, M-E-I-S-H-A. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, wait a minute. So, something funky is going on here. This is episode 250. Somehow I played the intro for the very first episode we ever did back in 2016 in the uh, the olden days, which is just crazy. So yeah, it's been 250 episodes of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. That's how it actually all started a long time ago. Uh, over 250 episodes ago, 13,000 minutes of recording time in seven years. And ever since then, hopefully we've provided a lot of great information to over half a million downloads and for hoteliers around the world. So, hey, we've got some cool people here. We got Jeremy and Alyssa, and we're going to share some insights onto creating some great content that's going to be driving some serious conversions. Hey, guys, welcome to episode 250. Hey. Hello. I think that you uh, just disappointed whoever's listening, if they're an OG listener. Oh, you think we did? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Should we, we get uh, some but, guests on? I, I, Stuart said he'd be open to coming back on. <laughs> I hadn't talked to Misha in a, forever. So, I still have I the know, connect. We should, we should oh, yeah. We'll bring the whole, whole gang back on. So. But, yeah. So if you are an OG listener who's been listening for the past seven years, thank you so much. And we appreciate your, your patience. And your fortitude, man, you, you stick with stuff. That's pretty impressive. But uh, yeah, so Jeremy, how you doing today, man? Not bad. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me today for this podcast, number 250. Well, it shouldn't be because we're not doing like a big 250 episode. It's just a number. Maybe we'll do like something cool at 300. But 250 just, eh. <laughs> it's another number. Oh, thanks. That makes me feel better. Maybe that. Maybe that's because I'm getting older and numbers mean less to me as I'm getting old and cranky and curmudgeon D. So, well, so we're recording this uh, before Christmas, but it's going to come out after Christmas. So hopefully everybody got good stuff in their stocking that we talked about last <laughs> last week. So, so I got to ask you this. You got to answer in the, in the future. Did you guys have a good Christmas? It was great. Was <laughs> perfect. Did you get your socks? Pete? Alyssa, your did... wool socks. I did. I got. I got my nice wool socks. Uh, Alyssa, I heard you got a three hundred fifty thousand dollars diamond ring. So congratulations. <laughs> I cut the matching necklace too. Oh, nice. Very good. <laughs> what did you get, Jeremy? I got my Reese sticks. <laughs> oh, nice. <clears throat> See, so Christmas miracles happen every day. So, but yeah, hopefully everybody's enjoying their their holidays. Uh, just coming back from a. The year, we only have a little bit, I guess by the time you're listening to this, maybe a couple days before the, the new year. So what we're going to talk about today is hopefully going to be really helpful in helping everybody work on their content calendars so that the content that they produce not only is helpful for guests, not only is great from a search perspective, but most importantly, what we actually care about is being phenomenally conversion oriented and able to drive some actual revenue for you. But before we get into that kind of stuff, couple things. If you want to follow along, go to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. 
click on episode 250. You have all of Jeremy's notes here that he put together, as well as links to the news items and whatnot. All right, so wait a minute, what what is that sound? That's the news jingle. That's what that was. Who wants to read it? We I st- we stuck it in here last minute, but Jeremy, since you're doing the kickoff, Alyssa, do you want to? Tell us what this news item is all about. Sure. So when we were recording our last episode, we discovered this ad and it had, how many do you think, Jeremy? Like 50 little descriptions? Yeah, it was was stuffed. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was like three inches on a desktop of just, just every combination you could imagine it was for the cartoon network hotel and i was like oh i made a joke about um someone is mismanaging these ads <laughs> and uh jeremy just found an interesting article where other people are experiencing this also um and it sounds like google might be testing something some crazy long google ads descriptions um so in the example here you can, are we going to link this up in the, in the notes? Yep. Yeah. Let's link this up so people can see, but, um, there are, there are 10 lines of, of description here and I don't, are they actually testing it or is it just a rumor? It sounds it, like they are. So, so the articles from search, uh, S, I'm sorry, SEO. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. SEO S- roundtable. SEO roundtable. <laughs> We're experts. Oh, uh, SE roundtable. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's too, there's too many different. <laughs> sites we used but yeah it, it's titled crazy long google ad descriptions in google search and it just came out the day we're recording this which is the 20th of december so and it's I'm crazy the there are yeah you're you guys are way we're almost a week ahead of the game but yeah the the some of the examples that they have have 660 characters which is way 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 more than any other ad description has ever had before so it's crazy yeah i don't think they're actually testing this i think they are just suggesting that they are testing this yeah what's I think the difference that they are also suggesting that it could be a bug ah yeah the the super long ads are really ridiculous to even look at or think about but it does look like that google is confirming trying to or adding um, headlines in ad copy description. So they're taking your ad headline and putting it in the description. So that may be part of it. Um, but yeah, it's just more testing by Google or that is either confirmed or not confirmed. Um, so it's just more things that you're going to have to keep an eye on if you're running paid search ads. Yeah. I, to me, what this says is even if this is a, a bug, like some people are suggesting, if this is a test, understand that while you set up a, a campaign, let's say you're doing it on your own or your agency is doing it, you really need to never let it rest. You need to always be testing. You need to be seeing what's out there. You need to be staying on top of the the news because if you're a set it and forget it type of PPC marketer and this were to come along, you'd be so far behind the curve for having to rebuild your campaigns and everything. It's It's better to be on it so that you're ready when these things happen because Obviously, if you're the only person in your market that has a 600-word description or character description, you are at a pretty competitive advantage on that search results page. So it's 
it'll be interesting to see where this all ends up going. So yeah, so that's the, the news for today. Now we can jump into the main topic, which is the Jeremy Show. I'll, let's, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah. So our topic today is building conversion-oriented hotel content. Um, so if you think content is just fluffy blog posts and just a way to keyword stuff your items on your website, which we've discussed in the past, that's obviously a no-no. Um, well, it's time to think again. A powerful, helpful content can boost your hotel's website rankings. It can draw in visitors and website traffic from organic search. It can turn those visitors into leads. And finally, it can convert them into hotel guests. Um, but unfortunately, it's a tactic that many hoteliers seem to be leaving or leave lying dormant. Um, oftentimes, when we take on new clients or when maybe we're reviewing competitor sites or reviewing potential clients, uh, we see a lot of thin, outdated content that is in no way helpful in, to improving your SEO or website rankings, let alone actually the people visiting your website um, that you're trying to get to convert. Um, so today we're here to show you how that you can build up or how you can build up SEO rich content that attracts guests and also fills up rooms. So it leads to that booking, either that booking or maybe that lead gen, um, that email sign up. Um, but before we actually get into the strategies, I think it's important uh, to understand the hotel booking funnel and how it actually aligns with content marketing. All right. So before we break down the conversion funnel, knowing your target audience is the key to understanding how they plan, consider, and purchase. So number one, who is your target audience? Um, we have so many clients that just kind of don't have this information, don't know this information. Um, you know, a target audience can be broad um, or extremely specific, and you can kind of get down to creating personas. Um, but you have to back this up with some data. You know, what are their pain points? What are their goals? Um, put yourself in their shoes. Who who's making the decision? Are you trying to act more attract more of the same guest or are you trying to expand and attract a new type of guest? Um, what are these audiences searching for and what can you do to make that search experience better? You know, are you a property on a boardwalk with a nightclub? Are you going after people that are between the ages of 20 and 25, very, very specific audience, you know, that isn't necessarily going to be a good fit for a family? Are you going after um, a, a luxury couple looking to spend a, a ton of money uh, that, you know, maybe they don't have kids or a family with kids and, and they are trying to save money um, and they're looking for a package deal. They want the free breakfast like Pete loves with his family. <laughs> it's good. Especially there's a big thing of bacon. That's where I'm at. <laughs> it's like the fake bacon that they put in there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can't really uh, understand how your conversion funnel functions until you know who your target audience is and who is moving through your conversion funnel. So um, Pete, can you break down the conversion funnel for us? Yeah. And actually, even before that, just kind of building on what you said, New Year is upon us and it's a good time to dust off those personas that you may have created in the past. And if you haven't, it's probably a good idea that you get out a fresh sheet of paper and actually create some personas. 
because you're not going to have just one type of guest at your property in most cases, but create a, a persona of who this person is. You know, this is the Rizuks and they travel to Indonesia four times a year and they only stay where they get to by hot air balloon, whatever it might be, just whatever you come up with, create a person that is your ideal guest. Understand what tone that you want to speak to with them, because that's going to lead to the content that you want to develop. Uh, you may have, you know, Jeremy visiting there, but you also may have Alyssa who wants something completely different. And if you're writing content toward those two people, it'll give you an idea of kind of what what you need to put together. Yeah, and and these personas can change too. Think a couple of years back to the pandemic. If you haven't done this since then, travel has shifted greatly. Um, so it, it might be a fantastic time to revisit those. And even if you don't get that granular, um, just knowing your your target audience is is key. But we did talk about niche marketing on our last. Uh, podcast episode 249. Um, and that is where personas would, would really come in handy as well. Very much so. And, and I think one of the one things that Olivia mentioned was in addition to the content, the tone and making sure that you're speaking in that audience's language. But, but yeah, so as you're going kind of through the, the, the funnel, really you can break it down into three things. If you think of it as a traditional funnel, uh, if you think that's more of a circular cycle where you're also getting that person back into the process, it can be a little bit more complex, but let's just break it down to a simple conversion funnel. The very first thing is going to be awareness and discovery. That could be awareness and discovery for your property, or it could be, in most cases, awareness and discovery of your destination. So just making sure that you can educate your audience, the people who are going to be visiting your property, and make sure that they're familiar enough with your brand to want to move down that funnel. Uh, this is the, the very wide net, the very you know soft sell information gap, uh, sharing portion of, of the funnel. Uh, Jeremy, I think you have an example here you know, for our local Myrtle Beach, which is the best time to visit Myrtle Beach. Yeah, I think as far as generating awareness of your brand, or at least getting out in front of people who may be unaware of your property, you know, looking at these broader searches that, you know, people may have this, have already, have now determined where they want to stay. They know the destination where they want to go, but they don't know. They want, they're trying to learn more about it now. And this is where as a hotel, this is your opportunity to step out in front and to um, <clears throat> rank for, you know, these types of searches like best time to visit, or what is this destination alike during this time of year? Um, what is there things to do during this time of year and things and stuff like that. I and mean, those, that's the type of content that not only are you providing or you should be, or you could be providing helpful uh, content for those, for uh, the people that are searching for that, but it's also the way of introducing your hotel brand um, and potentially capturing them and putting them into your uh, funnel. And you know, the crazy thing is, I mean, Jeremy, you and Alyssa specifically have been hitting out of the park in terms of, the content and appearing in featured snippets on the search results page. I mean, I know there's a couple in Myrtle beach, but other clients where it's like, what's the best, best time to visit Myrtle beach, best time to visit Pensacola, uh, new year's Eve, things to do, things like that, that, you know, one piece of content can really, really drive people who aren't familiar with their proper property into that conversion funnel. Yeah, definitely. And, then, and it's, you know, yeah, I was going to say, and it's um, 
you know, I know we're at the awareness and discovery phase, but, you know, these types of articles as well, you know, I don't, we're not really in this podcast, we're not really going to go really deep into awareness and discovery topics just because they don't often convert as much, but they do convert. Like we've seen it before, you know, people looking at people this high up in the funnel, there are times where they do, or they will convert when they find this content. And this is stuff that you may, they may not, never have found your property if you hadn't written that specific article. Um, and so with that in mind, it's like, it's treating every page of your website, like the homepage, you know, no matter if mm-hmm. it's an awareness type of piece of content or whether it's way down the funnel. You know, it's trying to treat um, every piece of content, every page in your website, like the homepage. This is your first impression potentially. Yep. And, then, and once you've kind of created that awareness and discovery, you've moved them down the funnel a little bit. The next step of that is going to be the consideration and research specifically for your property. So, okay, I know about the area. People are now getting very very serious about making a purchase, but they really haven't selected their property yet. So that's where we bring them a little bit further down the funnel for things like family-friendly things to do. I'm sorry, like family-friendly hotels in Myrtle Beach. Hotels in Myrtle Beach with a water park, if they've made that consideration factor. And once you've done that, now you've, sold them on Myrtle Beach, you sold them that you're resource for them. And now you're actually gonna work on selling them on your property specifically. Yeah, this, the, this portion of the funnel is definitely where you're selling yourself. It's where you're separating yourself from the competition. It's where you're highlighting, you know, what you specialize in. Um, you know, and that's based off of the, your audience, like Alyssa was discussing previously, it's based off of the type of audience that you, that, are visiting your hotel the type of audience that you're trying to target or attract to your property. And this is the type of content that's going to help with that as well as promote your property in a good light. Um, and yeah, I mean, just promoting them based on the type of searches that they're, that uh, your audience is making. I will say though, mm-hmm. too, if, you know, not all discovery is good discovery. Like again, if you are a, a luxury resort that is adult only, you know, tailor your content to that. You don't want to be discovered by people looking for a resort that's family friendly. Yeah, that is, that's a really, really good point is, and that's when I say when you create those personas that you really, you know, create a box around what you offer and to whom you offer that, that type of experience. So, but then once you kind of get through there, the last step of that is the purchase content. And, And throughout all this topic that Jeremy has put together, we're really talking about how content impacts the conversion funnel. This is not a typical conversion funnel where you have, you visit the website, you're on this page, what am I doing to push you through? But at this step is really where those two kind of get together, where your content conversion funnel and your website conversion funnel all kind of you know play nicely. You know, the last little bit of questions that people are asking, FAQs on your website, uh, the core navigation that they, they have, questions like why stay at such and such hotel, what are your cancellation policies, checkout policies, all that kind of stuff. That is really great content. It is content in the sense that it needs to be put together. Unlike say an article or something, it's, it's all the same thought process. Yeah. And this is really where, you know, it's going to be based off of, you know, what people are searching about your property and, and specifically maybe not even what they're searching, but what they're, what they're asking, you know, if they're, if they're calling your property, if they're calling your call center, your front desk and finding those types of questions that are important to, uh, 
a guest or a potential guest and making sure that you have those answers on your website um, and your content on your core pages. Um, or even like Pete, you mentioned, you know, why stay at X hotel? You no, know, why, why should you stay at um, our hotel? A piece of content like that, that, you know, <clears throat> pretty much lists everything that you have to offer and is something that you could potentially highlight, like on your homepage as a link. Um, but yeah, this is the purchase phase is the last step and it's um, the last nudge to get uh, your guests or potential guests to book. Awesome. Well, once you know your target audience and understand how content aligns with the conversion funnel, we can really kind of dig into specific tactics um, that can help with finding keywords that convert um, and creating content that converts. So Jeremy, can you walk us through what that process looks like? Yeah. So for our first, so yeah, so as we get into the actual strategies of finding um, the con content that converts, I wanted to start with the lowest piece of the funnel, which is the purchase funnel. Um, I think that when we were building or when I was outlining this podcast, I was kind of outlining it towards things that may be more actionable for a hotelier that may uh, not have as much experience um, with building out content or researching content topics or keywords. Um, or maybe just a hotelier that is very low on budget and maybe you just don't have the, uh, the, the budget to pay for any type of keyword research tool. Um, but so this phase, the purchase phase is definitely the more low hanging fruit. Um, uh, but it, like I said, it's, I think this is going to be the more actionable or the, the easier, the easier, uh, goal or something that you can achieve uh, through your content, um, through this strategy. <clears throat> so for a purchase strategy, so essentially what you're trying to do is you're trying to find the questions that people are asking about your property um, and making sure that those questions and the answers are present on your website. So these could be anything from like policy questions, like cancellation policies. Um, it could be anything like available services or amenities. So if it's a question about you know, if you have pools on your property, um, are they open this time of year um, or are they closed? Um, is breakfast included? Um, and then so forth. It could be room accommodations, like do you have rollaway cribs or things like that if the family is traveling. Um, <clears throat> so those are the types of questions that um, if, if there are services that you offer at your hotel, then I mean, you should have them on your website. But those are the types of uh, questions or queries that we're searching for here and that we want to add to our website or to our content. So how do you do that? How do you find those questions um, <clears throat> to add to your website and to answer? So hopefully you have some basic knowledge of Google Search Console. So that's where we would start is through Google Search Console. So essentially, and if you don't have Google Search Console access, you haven't set that up, then you should do so immediately. Um, it's a free service or free tool that you can use um, for organic uh, keyword research, organic content topic research. <clears throat> um, but essentially what you'll do is you'll start with Google Search Console. And you can filter your performance report based on your search query. Um, so for this method, essentially what you're doing is you're using a query filter. So you're filtering queries uh, based on specific uh, question terms. So what, when, where, why, and how. Um, so essentially what you're doing is you're taking your query filter and you're filtering it with what. And then you're going to filter it with when. 
Um, and then whatever those results come up, uh, come up as, and if they are associated with your brand, like X hotel, like what is the cancellation policy for, or what is cancellation policy for X hotel, your brand name? Those are the type of questions you're looking for. Um, because if you don't have them already on your website, then you need to have them. Uh, but this is a way of discovering new questions that people are asking that you may not know about. Uh, <clears throat> um, so essentially, you know, if your website is appearing or has appeared in the organic SERP, search engine results page, for these types of searches, for these what, when, where, why, and how type questions, um, you know, this is a great place to start to improving your website's purchase phase content. Um, you know, other methods to this include Google autocomplete. Um, essentially what you would do is go to the Google search bar or go to Google, type in your brand name in the search bar and don't, don't select search, but just look at what else comes up next to your brand name. Um, they may not be questions, but they may be, uh, searches that people are making like, uh, you know, pool hours, breakfast, uh, dining hours. Uh, things like that, that are just simple questions or simple queries that are going to be useful to you by having them on your website, you know, on the correct pages. So if somebody is searching for, you know, your hotel brand name, dining hours, you know, you want to make sure that if you have an actual restaurant, um, that you want to have your hours or, you know, yeah, your hours or seasonality um, on your restaurant page. <clears throat> um, so Google Autocomplete is a really good one. And you know that if you're looking at Google Autocomplete, and there are, you know, whatever's coming up next to your brand that people are likely are searching for that because there's no other reason why Google wouldn't autocomplete with a specific phrase or query along with your brand name. Um, other methods uh, for the purchase phase includes uh, people also ask. Um, so people also ask is a little more rare at times, um, usually for bigger properties. This will show up if you just make a search for your brand name in Google, um, and you'll see that people also ask section maybe halfway down uh, the SERP. <clears throat> but that's another way of finding questions that people may be asking about your property um, that you're going to want to have visibility for. I mean, that's just another option to not only answer those questions on your website and make sure that those questions are coming from you because you are the authority here um, <clears throat> and that they're correct but it's also improving your SERP visibility as well. So if somebody does go down um, and clicks on that, people also ask question. If they click on that question, then your website should be listed there, um, answering that question. And so then somebody can click back onto your website um, or at least get the question from you since you are the authority figure and you know what the actual answer is and not some other website that you know, may not have it correct. Yeah, and I think, Jeremy, you're, you're dead on. I'd expand on that and also say... Look at your competition. Look at the OTAs. What are the questions that they are trying to answer for their guests? And understand that we're all kind of hunting the same great hotel guest. So there could be a lot of good tips to go on. And obviously, you want to use the the data. You want to use the tools you have to actually find the right keywords that you want to optimize for as you build your content. But also kind of look at what people are asking. When you're going on vacation you know, one of the big questions is like, you know, okay, it's a suite. Is it truly a suite with two rooms or is it like a little half wall? Does it have a pull out couch? All the little things that may go into your decisions. Think about other people in that same spot too. And just start making that list. Uh, we've talked about content ca calendars before and 
you know, it's an annual process, you know, so as you think of stuff right on the calendar and, you know, with your content team and your SEO team, kind of see which one of those ones are going to be most effective to write and not just the ones that you feel like writing that day. It's very important that you put the, the research into it to make sure there's actually a question being searched online or your guests even care about. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, these suggestions are all based off of, you know, digital research, online research. Um, so, I mean, another, if you're looking to go offline and uh, looking for questions that people may be asking, not on, um, or leaving reviews or anything like that, you know, it's best to ask your front desk. I know we say that a lot, get in touch with your front desk. And if there are common questions that they receive, then that's something that you might, might be beneficial to include on your website or your, or your call center. Uh, might be another way or guest surveys um, that you're receiving um, via emails or things like that. Um, so those are other ways as well, just to find these questions. And you know, that, like, like I said, like these, you know, Google autocomplete people also ask, and I know I have listed here as well, related searches in Google. If you type your brand, what related searches are popping up? Um, and, and then uh, the Q and a section of your Google business profile, you know, that's obviously people are asking questions there and looking for answers. So instead of just letting, you know, Jane Doe answer the question, who's a local expert, you know, I think that's where you need to step in and answer the question and then potentially, and then add it to yeah. your website. Cause Jane doesn't know anything. She's just some rando. She might right. even be AI for all we know. Right. So we, we don't want to listen to Jane. We want to listen to your hotel. Yeah. And like I was saying, Got like, Jane. I mean, <laughs> like I was saying though, I mean, these are all, these aren't, this isn't going to cost you anything but your time. And I know obviously time can be money, but it's this, these are all a strat. These are strategies that are just going to take your time and your research and, and just building it out. And yeah, and we've, we probably need to do another podcast on you know, like the, the top number of, you know, articles and FAQ questions that every hotel needs to answer. I know we've done that in the past. We probably will dust that off and redo that post 250 plus episodes. But uh, kind of going from there, Jeremy, I think the next question is, is the content that we want to create for that consideration and research phase. So they know what that destination they want to go to, but they haven't decided on the hotel. What type of content are you seeing from either a search perspective or just a, a conversion perspective that really works well? So for consideration and research, this is where you're creating the content around stay-related keywords or stay-related searches um, that are relevant to your property. Um, so th this could be hotel searches or stay related searches that have modifiers to them. So think of, I'll just use Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach hotels is your very broad type of search or type of stay related hotel search. But think of a modifier as something like a, a traveler type modifier. So Myrtle Beach hotels for families, Myrtle Beach hotels that are pet friendly, um, hotels for couples. So that instance, you're look. That's um, <clears throat> where you're really looking at your audience, like we've discussed. Um, are you targeting families? Are you targeting people that have pets? And you may be a pet-friendly property, or are you more of a luxury, romantic type of property where you're really trying to attract couples? This is where you um, need to be obviously need to be careful, and you need to select the correct type of content to write for your audience. And this is the type of modifier that can do that. Um, <clears throat> In addition to traveler types, you can look at mod, uh, location modifiers. So that would be based off of where your property is actually located in your destination. 
Um, so that's something like hotels near downtown, hotels near midtown, um, hotels near amusement parks. So, I mean, these are just all random examples, but, you know, if there's like a, a large um, attraction nearby that, you know, people visit frequently or travelers visit frequently and are, is very popular, probably or has search volume behind it, you know, that might, that could be a, uh, an opportunity to write content. If your hotel is close to that, then that's an opportunity for you to add that to your website. That's a huge one too. I mean, I think we've said it so many times in the past, but you know, as a hotel, you kind of need a little bit of a gut check and realize that in most places or most times, people aren't coming to your property to visit your property. They're coming to visit something that you just happen to be nearby. So by, by locking onto that and say, hotels near Six Flags, you know, budget hotels near Six Flags, whatever that might be, lean into that. That's the reason that your hotel probably exists in the physical location it, that it currently does. So make that a, a, I think a cornerstone of what you're trying to do for that, that what type content. Yeah. And taking it a step further, if you can capitalize on <clears throat> traffic to an event, it doesn't necessarily need to be a physical location or venue. It could be like the country festival in Myrtle beach happens every year and, you know, garners how many, uh, attendees, uh, hotel near CCMF. Um, it could be an event as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then just kind of going off of that, off of event and location modifiers, you know, there's a couple more hotel type modifiers. So based on the type of hotel that or the type of uh, your hotel. So if it's a boutique property, a luxury property, a budget friendly property, um, looking for searches in your destination around those types of uh, those modifiers um, and then accommodation and amenity modifiers. So if you have a water park, if you have balcony suites, if you have free breakfast, um, those are other opportunities to find content within that consideration or research phase um, to build around. And again, like these are um, these are pieces that, where you're trying to separate yourself from the competition. This is where you're, this is your chance to, to stand out from your competitors. Yeah. And like Pete um, said, own it, whatever you are, just own it. If you are budget friendly and you don't have a lot to offer your guests on site, um, then that's what you are. You know, there's a lot of, of negative connotation there. Um, Sometimes people associate cheap with dirty, uh, but you can be budget friendly and still be a fantastic property. And if you're not a luxury property, then don't call yourself one. Um, because again, you know, if you, if you know your audience, you can create content that converts. Yeah, it's definitely a, a lot of it is about honesty. I mean, you need to, you, if you're going to start this project or this tactic, you're going to be writing content. You need to write content based on the types of services that you offer, the type of property that you, you have. Um, you know, that's, it's authentic, something that's authentic, that's helpful. You know, it's not only going to obviously be helpful or beneficial to your audience that you're writing for, but it's going to be beneficial in terms of ranking um, and organic search results. Yep. And then I would say, again, as you're doing this research, do obviously the first party research, but then also go to Expedia, go to booking.com and look at the filters that they're using. You know, it's you know Orlando, it's vacation homes near Orlando, Orlando hotels near Orlando or Orlando hotels with free Wi-Fi, whatever it might be. They've, they've done the research from a massive pool of users to the site. 
And that's why they set those filters up the way they do. So you can use those to help build the pieces of content that you want to build. Stop sending our traffic to the OTAs, Pete. No, no, the, you, these are uh, these are hotels that we're talking to. Yeah, don't don't book your own hotel after you've went to Expedia to see what search terms you appear for. That's a pro tip. Yep. And so these are obviously all examples, and every destination is different. Um, you know, there might not be a lot of modifiers that you get that you can work with, unfortunately, in some destinations, and so you're just going to have to kind of work around that. Um, so you're definitely at this point, you're going to need to do your research in terms of, you know, what's, what people are actually searching for and how to do that is sort of similar to what you would do or how we explained with the purchase phase. And I mean, you'd use very similar tools or very similar methods. Um, you would use, so like I said, if you don't have access to a keyword research tool, um, if you're not paying for one, um, or if you're just, if you're new and you're just trying to get your feet wet. Using, using Google Autocomplete, using related searches on Google, using Google Search Console um, are, very, are great methods or great ways or great places to start in terms of finding you know, what, people are, what are people actually searching for in your destination, what are the type of hotels people are searching for, and are those uh, searches or the, do those match what your hotel has to offer? Um, and Jeremy, you're also a keyword tool. People can ask us you know, exactly. if they, they want. Yeah, you know, we're always happy to, to to chime in because it can be confusing if you're a, a smaller property or you're not well versed in the the world of search and content. Just you know, hit us up and we will we'll help you out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, so with like Google Autocomplete and related searches, you're going to be doing a similar. It's somewhat similar um, in terms of the purchase phase. However, when you're <clears throat> typing in Google and the in the Google search bar, instead of typing your brand name. Your query should include your destination and then plus hotels or plus resorts or plus cabins. So think of Myrtle Beach hotels. That's what I would have typed out in my Google search bar. Um, and, and most more times than not, or at least uh, it's going to depend on your destination, but Google will autocomplete or will add you know, hotels with pool, with water park for families, for couples. <clears throat> there's a good chance that, that that those searches likely have traffic because Google is suggesting them because people are searching those. And so there's no other reason why Google would not suggest them to you. So those are your opportunities there from uh, Google Autocomplete. Um, and then if you actually make the search for your destination hotels, Myrtle Beach hotels, whatever, um, look at the related searches um, and see, you know, what are there any modifiers there on those searches that, uh, that match what your hotel has to offer. <clears throat> um, but again, it's really going to be dependent on, or you're going to have to make that uh, <clears throat> make that decision uh, whether it makes sense for your hotel's website, or your hotel's property. You know, obviously, we've said don't just write content for the sake of writing the content. Don't we, you need to be honest and um, and you should you know lean into you know what you have to offer. You know, <clears throat> you know if people are searching for that type of for those types of searches then and you offer those types of services then there's no reason there may not be any reason why you shouldn't write that content um so that's for google autocomplete and related searches and then for google search console <clears throat> you'll do a similar thing where you'll filter your query and your performance report um but what you'll do is you'll include your destination plus you no know, hotels or cabins you know like i said whatever your property type is 
um, <clears throat> you'll just you'll just add that query, that filter there. And there's a chance that, you know, based on the type of property you have to offer, you may not even know it yet. You may be showing up for some, you may be uh, receiving some impressions or showing up in the SERP for some uh, searches or some uh, hotel search modifiers for your destination. I mean, you you may <clears throat> have had no idea that maybe your hotel was showing up, your family-friendly family friendly property, and your hotel was um, is seeing impressions for... Uh, family-friendly hotels in, uh, in Charlotte or, you know, Atlanta or whatever. Um, so, you know, that's where you get those uh, new ideas or those ideas to write that content because, you know, people, if you're showing up for it and there's impressions behind it, there's a very good chance that people are searching for it, obviously, because it's showing up in your search console. I think everything is, is dead on kind of, you know, expanding on that. You may be uncomfortable with search console or, you know, different tools that are at your disposal, so talk to your broader team. Don't be doing this in a vacuum or silo. What do your content people suggest? What do your SEO people suggest? It's the beginning of the year. Bring everybody together. Let's just have a quick you know, planning session where we talk about what content we need, get everyone's input. And then when you go to that meeting with a plan, you're going to be able to lay out this whole calendar. So all this hard work that we're talking about now can really help you for the whole month, for the whole year. As well. Yeah. And too often we have properties come to us and, you know, higher ups want content for the sake of content, but creating content that converts is so much smarter. Um, so using these strategies and tactics to <clears throat> create quality content that is useful for your site visitor or potential guest, um, you know, is, is going to produce more revenue for you at the end of the day. Yeah. And I, yeah. I would say too, that, you know, a goal, and I know we were discussing this before we even started that, you know, aside from just purchases or bookings, you know, lead gen is another great way of, uh, you know, tracking how well your content is performing. Um, and these are, these are types of articles or types of content that could lead to that, you know, email signups, um, <clears throat> you know, contact us forms and things like that. Um, no, that's another metric to keep an eye on whenever you're writing this type of content. Or particularly any content, really. on the, yeah, particularly on the type of content that you're writing. So, for instance, you know, you mentioned CCMF, which is the big country music festival in Myrtle Beach. You, if you have an article about that, you yes, you may very well get a booking from it, but most likely you can get email signups, you can get event notifications, you can do a lot of other cool stuff from a content perspective. If they're coming to your site from a search or wherever they get that content, it's very likely they may be earlier in that process. So if you can kind of start that relationship, once you get them into that funnel, then they can start going down your email conversion funnel, which you have a lot more proactive capabilities to, to drive that train than you do from a content perspective that's going to be out there. You're really not sure where that person's entering that funnel from. But yeah, so you know, think about all your KPIs, not just bookings. You know, there's a lot of other things that a hotel can do that are really helpful to to help drive the the overall bottom line and increase your rev bar. So, Jeremy, that's, this is good stuff. Any, anything else that you want to kind of add that will help people make their content work harder for them and drive bookings? No, I mean, I, I think follow some of these steps or follow these steps and. You know, I think you'll be on the right path if you're just trying to get your feet wet. Um, 
like I said, if you just have a low budget. And of course, if you need more help, reach out to us, reach out to your good friends at Travel Boom, and we'll um, help you out um, <clears throat> making a, a plan for 2024 and beyond. Yeah. So it's a, and I think one of the things that you have in here as well is, is track your results. To me, that's the huge part, right? So you put all this content together. Every once I'll go back and, you know, on a monthly basis or whatever, and look what's working. And it, is it working as hard as it possibly can? Are there some articles that you're getting some traction on, but you may just need to refresh, you know, rewrite in some different ways to make it more, more compelling? Or you know, if there's an con- article that has a phenomenal conversion rate to a KPI, what are some things you can learn? Were you adding more links to booking or email signup or whatever it might be and see what you can learn from that article to do it on, on other ones. Cause uh, at the end of the day, you are not a publisher. You're not a, someone who's just doing this to get great information out there. That information needs to work to put heads in beds. Absolutely. But all right. All right. So that kind of wraps up everything for episode two fifty. And I think it was a good one. Jeremy, thank you so much for putting all the, the effort into this. If you want this content, go ahead and go over to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. Click on episode 250 and the full summary of everything we talked about will be in there. The link to the news item that we talked about, as well as a link to the 2023 leisure travels trend study. Now, it, just because it says 2023 doesn't mean that that data is not just as valuable as it was you know, a day or two ago, it's phenomenal information that's going to help you do a better job in 2024. Now to add on to that, we're also working on the 2024 hotelier version of that study, which will be coming out soon. But before that even comes out, we have a new piece of research, which is going to be a hidden fee study. So we surveyed over 300 avid travelers from throughout the US and asked them their opinion on hidden fees. That's what we're going to be talking about in our next episode of the podcast, which is 251. We're going to skip a week for the holidays and we'll be back after the new year. We'll be diving into that one. That's going to be one that I think everybody really should listen to. We've seen all kinds of litigation in terms of, you know, Hyatt was sued. We've seen different uh, legislation being put in place to help curb the use of hidden fees. And when we asked the travelers what they think about it, it was a pretty resounding response. I'll let you guess if they really like uh, hidden fees or they really, really don't like hidden fees, but we'll cover that answer next week, next time on the podcast, which will be just after the new year. So yeah, so, so stay tuned, keep, uh, keep listening and tell all your friends about it who are using hidden fees and they'll come listen to us next week or next time. And hopefully we'll, get them on the right track because it's all jacked up. You don't want to be having a bunch of hidden fees as a secret, but uh, yeah, great, great article and great content today, Jeremy. Thank you. Uh, if you want to meet us and everything about travel boom, you can visit travelboommarketing.com or you can find us on LinkedIn, which is at linkedin.com slash company slash travel boom marketing. And from there you'll find all the links to everything that we have under the sun. Anything else, Jeremy or Alyssa, that you want to share with our listeners before we sign off for the year? Nope. You guys can't shake your head side to side. They don't see that. <laughs> they will anyway, so when I guess live on YouTube. Like, yeah, I just saw the live <clears throat> YouTube stream notification. Oh, Ellie made it onto Nine YouTube. Woo-hoo. You hear that, Ghost? Ta-da. We're on YouTube. You're famous. Perfect. Well, hey. Come back. 
<laughs> this is boring for the audio <laughs> listeners. You should have been on YouTube. You would have seen this. But anywho, I think that's all we got for this year. Hopefully it was an uh, awesome 2023 and 2024 is going to be even better. Like with this puppy. With that being said, Travel Boom is out. Uh-huh.